Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Episode 155, Bashamania, brought to you by Attack. Great app built by wrestlers for wrestlers. It's like having a trainer in your pocket, nutritionist in your pocket, mentality mentor in your pocket. Absolute phenomenal app. Go download attack. We had a big, big weekend and there's only one guy to have on after a big weekend like this. <laughs> Wolverine Willie. <laughs> How are Don't you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It was a exciting weekend in, uh, in Lincoln for my money, the greatest college town in america i think i've heard you say that before i love it i love it you know there's uh there's big towns and there's small town you know some some college places are a little bit too dinky and a little bit too far away from everything I, I feel like lincoln's the perfect the perfect size middle sized type city not far from omaha kansas city you know and it's uh it's a really fun place yeah, it, it seemed it. I wanted to go. It didn't work out with the baby, but we are going to Detroit. NCAAs is going to be a good time. Not that Detroit, like there's something to be said about co- college towns. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I kind of wish NCAAs was in a college town. Well, they, you know, th- that's one of the things about Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln is that it's brand spanking new and it's, you know, ju- it's it's just shy of what they need to be the capacity for an NCAA tournament. I mean, there's also, I think the, also the best NCAA tournaments are ones where you can come out of the arena and be right in a little district where you can yeah. dine and shop and eat and drink. And, you know, Cleveland was good. Pittsburgh was good. Philly was bad because at the time they were reorganizing all their stuff. Um, there's a lot of construction and stuff, um, but yeah, a couple of years ago it was really fun. I can't remember where it was. Um, I want to. I remember it was St. Patrick's Day, but I can't remember. Which Cleveland was St. Patrick's Day. Maybe Pittsburgh. It definitely. I'm thinking Cleveland. It definitely wasn't St. Louis because St. Louis is like a 10 minute cab ride to get to anywhere. Yeah, Cleveland was awesome. Yeah, Cleveland it was fun. Um, by the way, before we start talking wrestling, since I know you gamble, what did you yeah. think of the, the Calvin Ridley news? <laughs> did you um, see that? Yeah. So he had an eight-team parlay, <laughs> not competing, and he's banned a year. That's insane. Yeah, not con- so I heard conflicting stuff on that. So I heard that he 
gambled in games that he didn't play in and gambled in games that he did play. Like if you gamble in a game that you did play in, that's you just should just shouldn't do that. What did you uh, bet for your team? If you bet for your team, then I think it's fair. The only, the only way, right? I mean, the other team's trying to stop you anyway. Right. If you right? bet against your own team, that's criminal. Like criminal. that's bad. But if you bet yeah. for your team, I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think, I mean, what is this America? And by the way, a year suspension. That's it's ludicrous. so stupid. You know, I, I saw the thing. It was like, uh, what was it? He bet $1,500 on his team to win. And it's costed him like $17 million <laughs> in salary. Yeah, you can't make yeah, that it's stuff just, up. It's, it's stupid. But, let, but yet, there's laws on the books that, uh, you know, politicians, senators, and, and congressmen, they're allowed to insider trade. Yeah. But yet, Calvin Ridley can't put 1500 bucks on his own team. Yeah, stupid. it's a shame. All right, so we'll we'll start at Big Tens. Would you rather start weight by weight or dive right into the medical forfeits? Um, yeah, let's just get the medical forfeits out of the way, right? Um, and okay, listen, there was first things first to make it clear. You know, a lot of people are saying, "Well, this isn't new. This isn't new." Listen. No, it's not new. They've been doing this for a while, but the the rate is new. I mean, let's not pretend. Let's not just brush this issue off and say, well, why is everybody making a big deal about it now? It's been going on forever. Well, I'll tell you why, because the rate has never been this high. I mean, um, right. Schlater did it. I'm pretty sure Darian Caldwell did it. I didn't look back, but I recall something, something with Caldwell that one year. And, um, you know, Suriano did it, and people say, well, Penn State, I had a mouth-breathing Iowa fan the other day say, <laughs> well, really, where were you? You know that Kale invented this problem, and uh, Rashid did it, and Suriano did it? You're a hypocrite. Okay, number one, I'm not just calling out Iowa people. And Jaden Ironman like took offense to it too. I wasn't talking about you, Jaden. I wasn't specifically talking about you. And I'm not specifically talking about Iowa. I don't, not one time did I say something about Iowa. I did, which people got mad at because I did have the one tweet that accidentally got deleted, which I'm upset about that said the Iowa forfeiting Hawkeyes, which I threw a line because of the fact that if you look at this weekend, there's definitely a conversation around medical forfeits. It also seems like I mean, Iowa forfeited, what, four out of 10 weights at some point this weekend. That's a lot. So it yeah. does it does well, cause alarm. I like, think I think I think it bears discussion. I think we should talk about Iowa and forfeiting. But my tweets in general, my, my tweets did not. I wasn't even yeah. thinking of Iowa. I wasn't thinking I'm digging at Iowa on this. Not not even close. Um but let me continue with that guy that, that said that I'm a hypocrite because I was because I was criticizing Iowa. I wasn't number one. I wasn't criticizing Iowa. I'm criticizing it all. Forty percent of the metal mat here. Here it goes. Twenty percent of the finals were forfeited. Thirty percent of 
the one through eight matches and 40% of the one through six matches. 40% of the one through six matches. And why I, why I single out the, the one through six is because that's what was primetime. That's what was on TV. I mean, that, you know, that was the finale. Okay. So those are important numbers. 40% of the one through six numbers are canceled. And that's not a problem. That's a problem. That is a problem. You cannot say that our sport, you, you want us, we should, we deserve more coverage. We should big 10 network did the best job covering a wrestling tournament in the history of the sport. Yep. And in turn, the wrestlers and coaches said 40% of those times we're not taking the mat. All right. You can't expect increased coverage and visibility and big boy sport when Somebody says we'll cover we'll cover this tournament like you've never seen before, and then you say pass. We'll say, you say sixty forty. We're gonna pass. Okay. Number one. Number two to that Iowa fan that said, "Well, you, you're a hypocrite. You don't do your homework. You, were you not watching the sport back then? Because I roundly criticized the Suriano situation. I roundly criticized forfeits. I re- listen. I went." nutso about the Schlater thing the first time it happened. It was one of the first times it happened. If you're not healthy enough to go, I don't care if you're Dan Gable or Kale Sanderson, if you're not healthy enough to go on that weekend, I don't like, I don't like the recourse. And and guess what happens guys. And you're going to say, well, that's the way, you know, that's the way the system is. And number one and number two, you're going to, you're going to have Dustin Slater not in the NCAA tournament? What are you, crazy? You're going to have Darian Caldwell not in the NCAA tournament? Well, guess what happened in both those cases, Brainiacs? Well, you're going to have Nick Suriano not in the NCAA tournament? Guess what happened in all three cases? Did he wrestle? Did he wrestle? I mean, Nick Suriano didn't wrestle. Slater tried to wrestle and was like a mummy, right? He couldn't move. And it ain't... It ain't if you can't go, you can't go. And there has to be a rule. Um, there has to be a solution to it. There has to be a solution to it where everybody's just going to say, I mean, I guess, Justin, am I wrong? Am I, am, was I wrong to go to the Big Ten championships and under the premise that we were going to see championship matches? I mean, maybe I need, maybe it's, is it my problem that I have to say, well, people are going to wrestle to what they need to or want to, and then they're going to forfeit. Do I need to look at this as a U.S. Open? Because the U.S. Open, you reach a certain threshold, and then you're good. I think, too, like, and to go back to my tweet, by the way, I was only breaking Iowa's fans' balls as a Penn State thing. I wasn't doing it in the sense of, like, oh, this is only an Iowa problem. But there's, there's two things. I think, one, it sucks, like you said, going back to, like, Big Ten covering it or Big Ten Network. Like Shane Sparks, Burroughs, these guys did such a good job. And then mm-hmm. it's like when when we know, like knowing Ironman wasn't going to wrestle and you still hear Shane setting the stage for like he is. And then you see uh, Nick Lee walk out without his headgear. It made me think like, OK, at least we kind of knew this wasn't happening. Some people on Twitter knew. But if you're a fan and everybody yeah. cries about growing the sport and you're watching Big Ten Network and Shane Sparks is setting the stage for this match we've seen, we can't wait to see it again. And then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And like you said, why is big 10 network? It makes marketing this sport so hard. 
and you know, Cody Goodwin tweeted when I put out the thing, like we're getting Carter Kemmer four, you know, and he's like, ah, probably not after that match. And it's like, this is one of the problems with marketing the sport is you don't know like what match is even going to happen here. You have Gable coming out to wrestle in this final big tens with, with the historic iconic where he's having. And it's like, no. And one question I have for you that we haven't really talked about is, and you see this a lot. And I think this is why Ironman liked that one tweet about his ACL. I do think that there's that context matters at some point. And right now we're blurring the lines completely. If Mm -hmm. somebody's medical forfeiting, it's to a point to where nobody really cares because it's giving the sport such a black eye. But you see, guys, you definitely seem to have a bit more of a dark cloud over it when you don't know if somebody's injured. Like, I feel like Rivera, Rivera did not get a lot of crap. And it was because he had surgery 11 days before. And we kind of knew going to the tournament, we're probably not going to see Rivera the whole time. So it was one of those things where it's like Rivera didn't catch a lot of slack. And I don't think he should. But my point to you is I do think context matters. But right now it's like nobody cares. Right. Listen, Seabass didn't get any flack because his his injury was so visible. Right. It it we all watched that match. If so, why is Seabass forfeiting? Okay, we get it. He has one leg. If if Ironman if Ironman tears his ACL in the room and then nobody knows about it, and then he's supposed to wrestle in the final and nobody nobody knows about his injury, then they're more critical. So absolutely context matters. Um and there it goes back again to I don't I'm not criticizing anyone in particular. I'm not criticizing Iowa. I'm not criticizing, you know, my my guy. I love Ridge Lovett. He forfeited in his metal match. I don't know what this situation is. I'm not criticizing any one individual. I'm saying when 40% of the matches are, somebody needs to look in the mirror. Number one, are you telling me in 1987 these guys weren't hurt? These guys weren't banged up. Did people not get hurt 20 years ago? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I also think Iowa caught a lot of crap too because of the cluster of how many, like when you have four guys, I think it was four for the other matches. It definitely draw. It, it's like, it's an easy target when you have yeah. some schools that forfeit none and then others. And maybe I was yeah. just not healthy. I mean, that seems like a lot of injuries. If all those guys are injured and they have legit stuff that they can't compete for that. Well, I mean, I think that I think that Ironman's legit injured. Yeah, You saw him hobble the last couple of weeks. Like he's definitely got something going on. Right. I think Kemmerer, you saw his shoulder come out live on television. Um, I'm not sure about Cass, but Drake, you know, after I tweeted it, I, I was tweeting, this is bull, bull crap, and this is a black eye. It wasn't until Jaden tweeted at me that I thought to myself, and I should have seen this coming, but it wasn't until Jaden tweeted at me that I was like, individuals are going to feel like I'm talking about them. I'm not talking about individuals. and But then when he, I was like, oh my God, I wonder if Drake's dad is going to be like, 
Willie's criticizing Drake. So I called him. I'm like, listen, I'm not talking about Drake. <laughs> um, like everybody knows Drake's hurt, right? I mean, it's like obvious. So I'm not talking about individual guys. I'm talking about collectively. Right? We, I mean, that's unprecedented levels, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that they do need to come up with a solution where you should be penal. I've said this a hundred times in this podcast that I think so much of success in wrestling is timing and health. And mm-hmm. if you're not healthy and you can't compete in a match, you should be penalized to some degree, because I think part of this sport is trying to keep yourself healthy. And if you're yeah. not healthy, it's not fair to your competitor who maybe is taking additional steps and effort to stay healthy when you get healthy and you wrestle every match versus a guy who doesn't and who's just playing. Like, I think you tweeted out once, like this went from a conference tournament to a qualifying tournament. This There's what no it is pride. I, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't know how. I don't know how you can celebrate. Being a Big Ten champion. Yeah, you're a Big Ten champion. And then the guy over here who's your teammate defaulted twice. Like a, or defaulted a big match, you know. Um, and the, the detractors or the, the rebuttal is, well, Big Ten conference is the toughest. Big Ten, Big Ten conference, there ain't nothing like it. The reason it doesn't happen at the ACCs is because Big Ten's tougher, right? Um. Should should people start making a case for not having a Big Ten championships? I mean, because what it is is a coronation of sorts. It's like people wrestle to the toughest match and then default out, or they go for the they go for the title. So the only you almost can't wrestle your way out. You can only wrestle your way in. So let the people that want to wrestle their way in wrestle their way in. <laughs> Well, you also too. What, I was talking no. to somebody last night about the fact that, and it's just maybe a personal pet peeve because you know I've obviously never had wrestling success in that level, but I was kind of blown away by how many wrestlers were downplaying winning it. Like jobs not done yet, jobs not done yet, jobs not done yet. And I get it. Like winning an NCAA championship means a lot more, but also you should celebrate winning a Big Ten championship. And I feel like so much of it gets played down that I'm looking at the parallel of it. Like here you have a lot of people medical forfeiting. And then on the other hand, you also don't have a lot of people like you see the celebration when people win NCAAs versus when somebody wins the big tens, it's kind of quiet. And I get how much more important the NCAA tournament is, but the whole thing just felt like, yeah, I mean, people not happy. I I agree with you. And (laughs) I think that's why it was awesome. I mean, Michigan went for it. Guess how many matches Michigan defaulted? None. Yeah. Michigan went for it and got it. And I think that's like amazing, right? They won the Big Tens. That's like a huge thing. And then you see other guys defaulting, like it, like the matches are meaningless. I, I don't get it. I'm just maybe I'm an old school grumpy get off my lawn type guy, but um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't like seeing something. 
certainly don't like seeing something that, in my estimation, is amazing, Big Ten championships, yep. reduced to, I don't know. The, the U.S. Open, you said it. It's the U.S. Open where guys yeah. don't wrestle in the backside, the Olympic trials, right? Where right. once somebody doesn't make the team and you see all the forfeits on the backside, and you don't mm-hmm. know the guys that are injured versus the guys who are just like, I didn't make the team, so I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And so what's the solution to it? I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to change. Um, I, I think... As crazy as it sounds, it'll and this will never happen. But um, maybe maybe the Big Ten's so tough they don't have to they they don't have to have a NCA or they don't have to have a Big Ten championships. I mean, you just saw like what's the point? Number one, number two, people think this is crazy, and you probably think it's crazy too. But when I say if you default, you're out for the rest of the year. That is that is extreme, but it is. Tell me another way it's going to stop anything. Tell me, tell me another way that that is going to stop anything. You know, there has to be a finality to things. There has to be a finality. There has to be a line in the sand moment. And right now, the line in the sand moment isn't until, um, isn't until the NCAA tournament. You can't, you can't go to the NCAA tournament and have a knee injury and say, um, can we postpone this for like two weeks? Cause I, I gotta heal up. Right. That is the, that is the last line in the sand moment. You have to go now. It's now or never. Right. Why, why can we not make that, that line in the sand, the, the qualifying weekend, if you can't go on this date, you're done. Yeah, that way I, we wouldn't. That way we wouldn't see these things. And I think mm-hmm. you tweeted it like, if you're that injured at Big Tens, what difference does ten days make? If you're right. that injured, if you're that injured, right. if you're that injured, okay. If you're that injured, ten days don't make a difference. I don't want to hear these stupid things. I mean. The, the only one that comes even close is like concussion protocol, but <laughs> you're going to tell me if you're, you're, you should be wrestling with a concussion 10 days later. No, you shouldn't. If your knee is that bad, if your shoulder is that bad, you shouldn't be wrestling 10 days later. Anyway, don't you think too, if, and, and I don't know what my stance is. I do think that if you, forfeit out of the big tens you can't wrestle at ncaa's it's definitely extreme but i see your point that how else is it going to stop how else is it going to stop the other point is because i was talking with somebody about like you know let's say it counts as a loss which hurts your seed doesn't that also hurt the guys who do have good seeds because now if the guy who's the one seed it's not wrestles like that almost hurts the the other people more than them it, 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 the the seating stuff is nonsense. Everybody that says let's knock let's let's knock you a seed if you can only oh you can only be uh, the seventeen. They don't care. They're, they're, they're the one seed anyway. Right. That's only hurting the other guys. Let's say oh if you uh if you default a tournament if you default a match you go down three spots. Okay, you went from the seven to the ten. 
doesn't change anything. Right. That's why it's like, you know, if it counts as a loss, great. What does that do? It doesn't do anything. That's the problem. Yeah, if it counts as a loss, um, I don't don't understand those people that are chirping either. Oh, it should count as a loss. Who cares? The losses don't matter in the seeding algorithm. Right. It doesn't matter. So, um, I mean, I truly think that if if that you should be done, you, that that if you default a match, you should be done. And to all the people that say that's stupid, um, there has to be a line in the sand sometime. Number one, number two, people will do only what they have to do based on the rules. The rules have to change, and that's why you almost, I mean, Jaden, I ain't complaining about you. I ain't, I ain't singling you out. You will do what you have to do under the current set of rules. I know that. It's the rules that got to change, not you. Yeah. And so here's the question. If Jaden Ironman had to wrestle, if Michael Kemmer had to wrestle, if Ridge Lovett had to wrestle, if Tony Cassiope had to wrestle, if name somebody, I don't know. If they had to wrestle to go to the dance, would they have wrestled? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the decision makers at home that are sitting there right now, change it. You cannot default. Either you cannot default or I don't know. There, that's the only thing I can We also with. like one of the things that I always come back to when people complain about stuff like this is that coaches are going to play the rules every time coaches are going to play the rules. And what you have right now is an athlete and a coach saying, okay, we're going to medical forfeit you. Why are doctors not involved? Why are people not involved who should actually say, Hey, I'm not letting you compete. I want you to rest for seven days, whatever. Cause right now it's just like a coach and an athlete can decide together. Hey, this isn't beneficial for you. Don't wrestle the next. I mean, come on. That is the most naive take of all time. I had those replies to, um, well, Willie, do you think that the train Mason Beckman, Mason Beckman said, well, most of the time this comes down to the trainer. Give me a fucking break. Give me a <laughs> break. Do you mean to tell me if, uh, I don't know. Let's pick a guy. Do you mean to tell me if Carter Starocki and Kale Sanderson, um, say, Hey, we're going to wrestle this final. That Penn State's trainer says, I can't let this go. Can't have it. Can't have this happen. That's that's the problem. Stop with it. it. Yeah. Stop no, I it. agree. Nobody's telling that Tom Brands, Tom Brands and Jaden Ironman want to wrestle. And the doctor says, I'm, I, can't, I can't allow this. They'll be looking for a job next week. Do you let a neutral person do it? No. It's very I, tough, too. By the way, like I'm saying these things like just like, I, you really can't have time for a full medical analysis in the middle of a tournament to determine yeah. when somebody should get out and in. I understand that, yeah. but I don't, I, I don't No, I listen, it's up. Here's the thing. It's up to the coach and the athlete to make the decision. What's best for them. However, they also have to accept the criticism that comes with it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, this, this, um, this whole mantra of we're going to forfeit also don't criticize us. That's not the way the world works, buddy. 
I saw Felters call you out for not asking the coaches why they forfeited a guy. <laughs> That's the dumbest take of all time. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Fellers is wearing a uh, "Are you ducking me?" T-shirt, and then he's calling me out for not. Du- yeah, yeah, Adam. The problem is, <laughs> the problem with this whole scenario is I don't ask ask the tough question. That's the problem in wrestling is that I don't ask the tough questions. Oh, man. All right. Let's go through this tournament. You were yeah, very man. excited because I you were definitely Wolverine Willie this weekend. No, I was not. You tweeted like eight. I was laughing because as soon as there was a good thing to say about Michigan, you tweeted it out every time. It was like, amazing. <laughs> and, and, and don't get me wrong. I do that with Penn State. When there's a good stat for Penn State. I, I, I do the same thing, but I was laughing <laughs> like well, that's a, that's funny, too, because. They did have I, a great tournament when I tournament. tweet. When I tweet like Penn State has won 86 percent of the semis since 2010 or whatever the stat is. Every other fan base is like <laughs> every other fan base is like Penn State Willie. When I tweet like awesome crop of kids coming up in Oklahoma fellers is like you're a you love Oklahoma you goofball when Michigan is winning 20 matches in a row and I'm like 18 19 20 then I'm Wolverine Willie like I'm just I'm just I'm just like look at this this is amazing well that that's a good segue because starting at 25 and being a Penn State fan, like I obviously was so disappointed in Drew's performance. And on the flip side, I really thought Drew could have won that weight. And my thought process behind it was Soriano has not looked good this season in my eyes and only beating Drew by one. Like Penn State coaches the kids to win those matches. And then this weekend was a direct flop. Soriano's majoring people. He's looking what we expected Soriano to look like. And on the other side, Drew just has, you know, a terrible tournament. Thank God still qualified. But what was your take overall? 125. Well, yeah, Soriano, Soriano looked amazing. And, you know, it's it's interesting because. um, A lot of this stuff. A lot of this stuff comes from the lens of. uh, People that aren't full time fans of the sport, right? Yep. And. um. I got home at midnight last night and uh, my stepfather was here and he was like, man, I thought Soriano was the best looking guy in the tournament. And that's interesting to me because um, there's been matches where he's won close matches. You know, uh, he only beat Hildebrand by a close one. And as much as we're all, all experts in the sport, um, guys change from one month to another. You know, and Nick looked as good as ever. Yep. Yeah, he looked he looked great. I don't I think he's probably my pick. And, you know, we're going to try to do an NCAA preview show, so I won't go too much into NCAAs. Yeah. But, you know, 125 was like the weight where I was probably the most wrong going into it. I thought Drake was going to do better. I thought Drew was going to do better. And I didn't think Soriano, but then he comes out major fall major. And I'm like, Okay, well, this was a story on we all expected. And you're spot on about like the the fans who don't really have a team. Like, I don't know how much you follow Barstool, but there's a guy, Jersey Jerry, that works mm-hmm. there. And on Instagram, he was posting about Big Tens. 
And no. the three guys I think he posted about were, and I don't think he went to college, so I don't think he has a Michigan tie, but he was talking about um, Soriano, Gomez, and Amin. And with Soriano, he posted like bully. Like that was Soriano got a lot of like neutral fan credit and respect this weekend. Did he? Yeah. From what I've seen. Uh, let me also say about Michigan, because you were saying Wolverine Willie, I didn't. They wrestled about this perfect tournament as you can get. They did. You know, so um, <clears throat> and you can tell they were all geared up for it. It's their 100th year and um, it's in Detroit. And so everybody was kind of all in on that. And they they kind of they they maxed out. You know, and to do it again, they're going to have to max. It was funny because I'm tweeting this like Michigan won 17 in a row. Michigan won 18 in a row. And I got you saying like, uh, chill out, chill out, Wolverine Willie. Uh, And I have Cody. I'm sitting right next to Cody Goodwin, who obviously loves all things Iowa. Yeah. And every time I'm like, hey, Michigan won 13 in a row. And Cody's like, let's see him do it again in two weeks. And I'm like, hey, Michigan won 15 in a row. And he's like, let's see if they can do it again in two weeks. And I, hey, they won 17 in a row. Yeah, let's <laughs> see if they can do it in Detroit. And like, Cody, well, and people maybe they able- won't do it. Maybe they won't do it in two weeks. But right now in the moment, it's amazing. People are doing the same thing to you on Twitter. And of course, I was antagonizing them when they're like, OK, but they're not favored in the semis. Okay, but they're not favored in the final. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, it, it was crazy, though, that, like, in my mind, I thought this was a Penn State-Iowa team race. And I think part of me, why I thought that way was Penn State just won the duel 29-6 to six yeah. or 26-9, whatever it was. Like, yeah. that is a wide margin to win by. And then Michigan wrestled a hell of a tournament. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's that's that's part of the problem too is that some people you know all that matters is NCAAs and will 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 Luan beat will will Luan make the finals at NCAAs will Cam Amin beat Carson Karchla at NCAAs will Miles Amin beat Aaron Brooks at NCAAs those things all have to happen for Michigan to win the title and maybe it won't, but in the moment, just enjoy the feat that they're going on. Right, They did all those things, you know? And so, yeah, it's almost like fans kind of connected to, like you have to win both to have credibility. Yeah. If you're in the big 10 and I don't think that's the case. It's, yeah. It's not in um, having two events that matter is better for the sport than having one. Yeah. Did you have any surprises at 25? Like, obviously, I said that Drew and Dre kind of surprised me the most. I don't know if they were both going to have better tournaments. Did you have any surprises? Um, Man. McKee, McKee lost to Shaver for the second year in a row in the first round. And he came back for third. And I guess what's surprising about McKee is that you should never be surprised. Um, he tore through the backside. And... Yeah. Um, his grandfather had a stroke and died last week. Wow. I didn't know and, that. and I was talking to the family and I'm like, and that was before he wrestled um, his first consolation match. I think that I, that I learned this and I'm like, okay, so this isn't Patrick just being 
Patrick. This is Patrick. You know, there was a death in the family. And then and then he went on the run. Yep. And just, I don't know. I'm amazed at him and proud of him. And, and if uh, you look at who he wrestled, I mean, I got the bracket up now. He beat Hildebrandt 6-3. Then he beat Drake Ayala. And then he mm-hmm. beat Schroeder. And then he mm-hmm. beat D'Agostino. Like, he had a hell of a... Yeah. That's about as tough as a backside you can get. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 25, I didn't think there was really any surprises there. Um, yeah, Barnett makes the finals. I guess that was um, not shocking. But, no, I, I thought it was... I thought it was mostly what we expected. All right. So 33, my underrated guy, RBY. Underrated national champ. And I, I literally, I, so I don't care about rankings at all. I probably critique them twice a year out of humor. And it's usually like a bias towards one of my guys or something. But I, yeah. I do like looking at them when you do them. And I like seeing for me, it helps me set a baseline for the guys I don't pay attention to. So if I see somebody's four, five, six, you know, and you're not paying a lot of attention, I do do think it helps establish a nice baseline for fans. So that's what I like about them. I try not to nitpick too much, but I was laughing when here I was saying that by saying I think Roman's underrated is I just feel like people don't talk about him nearly as much for some reason. And that could just be because he's one of my guys. I'm always listening and looking for it. Yeah. But then I'm laughing because you have Dayton over him in the crystal ball rankings. And I'm like, and, and I don't know if you just go by how many points they're going to score at NCAAs or what, but I'm like, this is a, this is a case in point where I'm laughing. Like Roman's the returning undefeated national champ. How do you put anybody above him in any circumstance? Well, I think that you're right that RBY is underrated in the sense that um, I don't think that he gets the recognition. I, I don't think you would put him in the pecking order for the most dominant, uh, the most technically proficient, the most dynamic, which he is, you know? Yep. Um, but he is a superstar. You know, yes. Um, and he was proud of that beating DeSanto five times in a row now. Like, yeah. and, and Roman's the first guy who will give DeSanto credit for being tough, yeah. for having to strategize very, yeah. very uniquely for him. You know, mm-hmm. he and, and he was proud of that. I was so happy for him to win. But yeah. I, I do think that, like you said, the kid's a superstar and he's in a tough way. I don't know how you put well, the, the the criticism on the Hawkeye message boards are, is brutal, uh, you know, RBY stalls and I can't believe this and this sucks and this and that. You know how hard it is. First of all, to beat Austin DeSanto once is a feat yep. in and of itself. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be clear. DeSanto was once ahead of RBY. I think he won the first matchup, right? Yeah. RBY has since passed him. And not only passed him, he's never even had a hiccup. He after he beat him once, he's never lost to him again. Okay. So Instead of whining about how RBY wins, an objective person would say, that's amazing that he can, he passed him and he's doesn't even, 
He just keeps winning. He just keeps beating him. It's hard to beat DeSanto once alone five straight times. Um, why I have Dayton over him in the crystal ball, like, it's just because, okay, you did it. It's the same reason why, I don't know, like Michigan won the Big Ten team title. I'm still picking Penn State. Yeah. Um, RBY beat Fix once. Okay, let's see you do it again. There's every. That's why I laugh at. Um, that's why I laugh like every year after NCAA's. Like the rankings come out and they're basically they're the order of the NCAA championships, which is fine, I guess. But like. Is any was anybody picking Brandon Courtney to make the finals again? No, I mean just and and I'm not saying that's I'm not saying RBY is Brandon Courtney. I'm just saying things happen, right? And and RBY, it's the same thing with uh, it's the same thing. Now let's let's how about your tune at 84? Are you picking? Are you saying Amin's going to beat Brooks? I think because I'm not. Yeah. Right. That's the same reason I'm picking Dayton. RBY, I, I go in there fully knowing RBY can and has beaten Dayton Fix. I'm taking Dayton. And at 84, I know that Miles Amin has all the ability in the world and he can beat Aaron Brooks, and he just did, but I'm taking Brooks. Isn't that funny how good Dayton Fix is that basically the mantra around Roman beating him is, okay, but can he do it twice? Yeah, I mean. That's how good Dayton is where somebody beats you once. And you're almost saying you got to beat him in a best of three, whether yeah. it's over a year or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was the same thing. It was sort of the same thing with Kirk and Paris, right? Paris beat Kirk a couple of times and then Kirk got him at in freestyle. And then everybody was like, well, it's freestyle. And then Kirk beat him in folk style. And everybody was like, yeah, let's see if that match happens again. Like sometimes you need to see it twice. Yeah. And Roman, I thought he had an amazing tournament. Mm-hmm. He beat Ragason, who came back for third. Obviously, beat DeSanto again. There's another one, right? There's another one from Michigan. I mean, talk about maxing out. Suriano maxed out points. Ragason, you know, we talked about Luan and and uh, Camamine, but Ragason takes third and has one loss. His only loss is to RBY. I mean, is that reproducible, right? And Ragason, I, I love the kid because I'm so team Izzy. You know, it's hard not to root. And even Ragnarsson without the Izzy connection, he's kind of a guy. I think Drake's the same way that they're fan favorites. They go out there. They put on the line. They're very fun to wrestle. I'm excited for what Dylan can do at NCAAs. But like you said, third in that weight at NCAAs is a very, very tough thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's it's seating, seating in that, too will be interesting because fellers fellers predicted bird to beat DeSanto when we did our show for bit for big tens and he basically blew it yeah right i'm not i'm not saying bird is going to beat DeSanto, but it was freaking close it was really close a couple times and so i'm interested if bird is on that side with with DeSanto. Yeah, well, we'll know tonight, and then we'll probably do a show to talk about that. Yeah, but yeah, that's gonna be good. Um, forty-one was was pretty chalk, in my opinion. I, I really, really wanted to see Rivera Ironman. God, I wanted to see that match. Um, 
And I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. Like, you know, the, the word was out there that Rivera's yeah. probably not going to wrestle a whole tournament. Um, but yeah, Rivera looks so, so good this year. And this is one of those things too, where, okay, if Ironman has an ACL injury, we know Rivera just had surgery. Yeah. What is that match going to look like if it happens? And NCAAs, I mean, because those yeah, guys have just like Lee Ironman and Seabass, in my mind, have separated themselves so much from the rest of the big oh, yeah. tent that way. Oh, yeah. I don't see. Although, you know, Jaden has had a really weird year. He's had some close. He's had some close um, wins. And and then he got hurt. So where is he really at? Uh, he also I gives up know, some big leads and then comes back like he was down. Yeah. Nothing. On, right. On paper and on name recognition on star power, you don't see those three getting tripped up by anybody else. But with both of them being hurt, like legitimately hurt, it's sort of interesting. I mean, do you think they're going to get the two, three seed? I think so. I think so. Who would you put um, at the four? Who who else is out there? Uh, who else is out there? I mean, in the crystal oh. ball rankings, you have real woods four, Lira's five. Oh, I hate it. I hate 41 after those three. I mean, you're talking about real woods. The next the next contender, real woods got pinned by Grant Willits a couple weeks ago. I mean. Cole Matthews, Andrew Alirez, Alan Hart. I mean, I don't see it. Yeah, no, those three have seemed to, like, run away with that weight. So that should be an exciting one. Um, we'll go into that once those brackets come out. I can't wait. I can't yeah, that, wait for students. That's going to be fun. Uh, 49, this was maybe one of the most interesting weights. I did not see Gomez having a weekend like that. I didn't know if anybody saw that coming. Uh, Gomez is a guy who you you always know he's capable of matches like he won this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like he's not only incredibly talented, he takes a ton of a ton of shots. And I was mm-hmm. I rewatched the match like literally just before Big Tens when him and Yanni wrestling, and Gomez just takes shot after shot, chance after chance of trying to pull off matches like that but then he did it yeah i just i love he just went out there and opened up and um it's funny because i think you could point to two matches where i think you could point to two matches in the big 10 tournament that were like this guy went out there and just let it rip and both of them were against my district 11 guys, I think Gomez let it rip against Sasso said, I'm going full press and let the chips fall where they may. And he beat, he beat Sasso. And I think Massa would not stop shooting against Labriola. He was not going to be denied that win. And uh, you'd like to see that style of wrestling. Well, it was interesting to me because, you know, I was talking to my buddy, Eric Siebert, just before and we were kind of like picking our finals and stuff. And I was saying the thing I'm like, I think I have Sasso, but with the tournament Gomez is having where he majors Bartlett and then he gets a pin in 20 seconds. 
if you would have told me before and I told him this, I'm like the adrenaline that gives you heading into the finals when Sasso won six, three, then he won three, one. He's wrestling close matches. And Sasso now he running- has been wrestling close for almost two years now. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a, I didn't have a good feeling going into that. I mean, as a, I didn't have a good, I had a feeling Gomez was going to win just because of the momentum he was on Sammy wrestling close matches, Gomez going for broke. And that's another, I mean, we'll get into it and it'll be a little bit clearer after the brackets come out, but who the hell are you picking for runner up? Yeah, it's a who, tough one. Who are you picking for runner up? It's Yanni and then everyone else. Yeah. Yanni by a million. It, it's interesting too because I hate the conversation around, well, they can't get it done when it counts. Well, they can't get it done at the end. And somebody had said that because I put out a thing about Marinelli being a four time Big Ten champ. And somebody said, like, shots fired. I'm like, no, that's not shots fired. I think that is extremely, extremely impressive. And it yeah. goes back to timing and health, why I think he hasn't won an NCAA championship. And, you know, obviously, Chendo's my guy, so I don't think that's by accident. But if you look at Sammy Sasso's last couple seasons, he lost to Lugo in the Big Ten championships. He lost to O'Connor in the NCAA championships by a point. Now he lost to Gomez in the Big Ten championship finals. That's three huge tournaments that you lose close matches to, and you got to wonder, like, yeah. And this yeah, is going to be close. I mean, one, like. he was, people forget, he was in trouble. I mean, he was OT with Yaya. He was um, at Big Tens last year, and I think he was OT or really close with Yaya in, like, the second or third round, the second round or quarterfinals at NCAAs. Yeah, he wrestled Yaya in 2020, the Big Tens, one in double uh, overtime, 5-4. Oh, was that 2020? Yeah, and then last year, he beat him 8-3. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah, Sammy's wrestling some close ones. Um. Yaya needed a wild card <laughs> to get in. Listen, Yaya can beat about anybody. He pretty much just blew the match against Murin. Yep. So, yeah, 49. It's really, I'm interested to see the seeds, but it's, Yanni yeah, I mean, figure that weight out. That way it's a, that way's Yanni and then a mess. Yeah. Um, 57. Interesting in my mind, because I had told people, and I said it on the last episode of the podcast, that I thought Bergy was going to do basically what he did, finish top three. I mean, Deacon. Deacon's another guy who I think doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's so consistent and so good. Um, mm-hmm. And he looked great. Uh, you know, you talk about Michigan. That's about as good as you can ask out of Luan. I did not think he was going to beat Bergie. Yeah. I mean, listen, I got in my, in my crystal ball, I have, and this is critical for the team race, but I have Luan Bergie. Um, and young all about the same blood round right? yeah. and they finished they finished two three and four um but they're guys that could like 
they're guys that could go two and two or make a semi. I think uh, too, when you talk team race for all those guys and, and it's going to get real interesting when the seeds come out, because those guys, depending on where they are, could see a Deacon, a David Carr very early and mm-hmm. have to wrestle through the, the backside. Like there's no tomorrow for team points. And like yep. you said, you know, you have them all neck and neck. It's going to get very interesting at that weight. Uh, they, any of them could like lose a one point match and go two and two or win three one point matches in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have some, and you have guys too, like Peyton Robin there, who's a complete wild card, I think. I, I think Peyton Rob's right with those guys. Uh, he finished fifth, um, lost to Young. Did he lose to Young twice? No, he lost to Deacon and Young. Yeah. Um, so I think he's right there too. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll Were be you interesting. surprised by Bergie's performance? No, I thought he should have beat Luan. Yeah. I think after he beat Young, everybody was thinking he was going to beat Luan. And, and you know, 5-3, Bergie beat Young 5-3. It wasn't, it was only a two-point match, but it wasn't particularly close, right? I mean, Bergie kind of. No, the score was definitely deceptive in that match. Right, so then you think he's going to beat Luan, and I don't know, it's a rather boring match, but. Um, I thought Brady should have seized the moment there. I, I I think he should have got the win there. Yeah, makes me think of the Kirk match too. But we'll get to yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, sixty-five, Marinelli, fourth straight Big Ten championship. Awesome. Absolutely an incredible accomplishment. And these losers who are saying like. And I'm probably pissing off Penn State fans here, but the people who are saying like how X years he's been competing, who cares? If you had 15 years in the Big Ten, you would not be able to win that tournament four times. That is an amazing accomplishment. And as much of a Penn State homer as I am, you got to give that to the kid. You just have to. He's an incredible wrestler with incredible work ethic and and class act. And uh, he's one of my favorites. He's one of my, I mean, a couple months ago, I tweeted, let, let Alex Marinelli wrestle forever. You know, I, I was obviously joking, but I love his class and character. I love his, you know, his humility and uh, um, just the, the, the narrative of him in the postseason is just, to me, troubling because he is one of the best every year since he's been a freshman. Yeah. And that's why I say like these people and I don't mean, I don't like calling people names. I'm not saying they're actual losers. I'm just saying it's a loser mindset to think yeah. like, look at the guys win four NCAA champ or four big 10 championships in a very tough weight too. Um, what did yeah. you think of Karchula? I mean, um, I thought that I thought that, that's how you wrestle Karchla. That's how you should wrestle Karchla. He just, he doesn't put enough pressure on you yet. Um, I think Karchla is probably the better wrestler, but I don't think he forces the issue enough. Um, 
to separate. And when, if you're a mean and you're standing around picking your spots, uh, you can force, you can force a guy to OT and win a one exchange match. He did what he had to do. Um, that being said, then Karchler came back and lost to Hamidi, but Hamidi's a uh, stud. He's a stud. Hamidi is a, a freaking stud. The, the problem with him right now, and I love him. I, I've always loved him. The problem with him right now is he's a volume shooter. He shoots like a million times, which is very fan friendly, and he gets in the scrambles, and he's like, it's just incredible to watch. It's so fun, but. <laughs> Like he has no setups, he, he he has zero setups. And against a guy like Bull, that's just head hands, head hands, down block, down block, down block. It's tough sledding, right? You got to put something together that Alex Marinelli hasn't seen before. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's another wait. I can't wait to see how they seed it. I think it's going to be. You talk about Wick and O'Toole and Griffith and the other guys who you throw in the mix with these guys. That weight is just. That's another one, too. Like you say, why do I have Dayton ahead of RBY? And even though RBY is that good, even though RBY is beaten before, like Shane Griffith, he won the title last year. It's an excellent story. I just, I didn't think he was going to win it again. It's just the composition of the weight, how the bracket played out. Um, he's a very good wrestler. I mean, you know, sometimes when March happens and the confetti falls and there's 10 national champs, you absolutely positively applaud them for their skill and their accomplishment. But you're like, that's not happening again. <laughs> you know, and I don't think Griffith winning is happening again. <laughs> not this year. Do you, oh, I don't, I don't want to get into NCAAs. That's a whole separate thing. But yeah. yeah, Marinelli takes that one. Michigan, they're going to need another performance like that out of a mean at the NCAA's. But yeah, and I don't know, I don't know that they're going to get it. I mean, it's I still have, I still have like uh, Karsla Hamidi ahead of them. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. Your crystal ball shows them seven. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Uh, 74 was some forfeits. Yep. Some forfeits. Um, you know, we obviously didn't get to see Kemmer, Storaki, Storachi in the, in the court or semis, mm-hmm. but Massa in, in Storachi was a great match. Massa is just, people are picking Massa to win the finals there. Um, I didn't think he was going to, but obviously that's by the Penn State bias in me. You can make a case right now that Carter Storaki is the best wrestler on Penn State's team. Yeah. He's so good. He, I mean, you want to talk about underrated. Uh, <laughs> underrated national champ. He, <laughs> he still doesn't get the respect he deserves. I mean, I guess Nick Lee's the one, you know, Nick Lee RBY, but um, I don't know. To me, Staraki has everything. He has the fight, this, the, the the athleticism, the grit. I, I just I love everything about him. Yeah, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. I, I 
I thought Labriola was going to beat Massa. What did you think of that match? I thought it was incredible. I thought, man, I could watch this for yeah, three hours. Um, it was really exciting, and I went down on the floor to that one. And, dude, those dudes... Those dudes were taking shots against each other that I, a lot of times they really weren't even there. And so they were colliding. And I mean, it was like a car accident. And I don't know. I think, I think labs made a couple mistakes in some um, scramble positions a couple of times. And, um, and Massa just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's so weird because Mikey majored him last year, and now he's lost to him two times in a row. Um, and at this point, I would probably take Massa going forward. But, you know, obviously the same same situation. Mikey could win, but I'd take Massa. And, um, but I don't think – I don't think Massa can beat Staraki. And I don't think anybody in that weight can. I think the person who has the best shot is Kemmerer but I don't think Kemmer is healthy enough to do it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And and we'll see when draws come out, what side of the bracket Kemmer is on. Uh, can that shoulder hold up until he gets to Staraki? And if he gets to Staraki, can he beat him in the condition he's in? What do you it's, think it's, the best draw for him would be? Opposite side, obviously. I mean, if I'm Kemmer, I want anything that's not a four or five yeah you know give me the six yeah that'll be interesting um 84 brooks lost to a mean mm-hmm. like like we kind of talked about you know i i think brooks wins the next one a mean yep. wrestled a hell of a match he's he's an olympian guys you know a means yeah. amazing wrestler but Brooks is so savvy. I was obviously bummed. This was not Penn State's weekend for overtime no. matches. Just it wasn't. And if you yeah. look back at March last year at NCAAs, that's where Penn State was excelling. You know, Roman beat mm-hmm. um, Fix in overtime. Lee beat Ironman thinking overtime. Like that's where. And then here you have all these matches where Penn State loses in overtime. Yeah. I think, I think Brooks most of the time wins the hand fight which allows him to get to the legs cleaner than, than what Amin does. So for that reason, I'll take Brooks um, to win the next one. But I, I also think, um, I also think what is the seating going to be? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, there's a, there's a case that Hydley there's a, it actually could help. <laughs> Amin or um, it actually could help Michigan or Penn State uh, in the sense that whoever wins that match, instead of taking first and second, they can take first, third. But that being said, Hydley could get to one and those two could be the two, three. I, I, I frankly... Frankly, I think that's the way it's going to be. I do not know how. I don't know how that they don't make highly the one. You have the only high, thing I could think would be competition. 
Um, yeah, I just, I just but undefeated is hard to argue. He's an undefeated returning national finalist. Yeah. Right. And Brooks and Amin are one and one. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, I also How about did... this weight took everybody. Big 10 took everybody. 14 guys all yeah, the pool. I'm not a big um, wild card at large guy, but I did see a lot of people. I saw Mark Hall talking about it. The fact I that, don't know what the answer is. You know, I I hate to, there's guys that went 0 and 4 that are they went 0 and 4. Name a tournament that you can go 0 and 4 in. I, First of all, it's the only tournament on earth you can go 0 and 4 in. What's what's the scenario to go 0 and 4? I know you can 0 and 3. What's the scenario for 0 and 4? Uh, you lose your first two, you go to the ninth place bracket. And if you lose, aren't you out there? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, and three. Cause I had saw some, I think somebody else said oh, and four, but yeah, that's, I was going off a tweet. Somebody said oh, and four. I guess you can't, you can only go on oh, three. Yeah. Well, actually there is third place at the. Oh, I mean, yeah. You have to win in the ninth and tenth bracket. There is a third place, but it looks like you have to win. Oh, yeah. So Weiler, Weiler went. Did Weiler go one and four? Weiler went one and four. <laughs> Which isn't much better. <laughs> no. I got, no. Man, I keep messing up. He went two and four. Okay. Yeah, because he lost, he beat. But Donnell Washington went 0 and 3. No, Donnell Washington did go 0 and 4. Donnell Washington lost two in the front two in the front side. Then he went to the ninth place bracket bracket. He lost to Jack Jensen and then he defaulted to Lyon. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 0 and 4. That's nuts. And they took them all. Now, the the rebuttal from Big Ten fans and and I guess rationally speaking is those guys had a better regular season. Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, Max Line is twelve and thirteen, right? Jack Jessen made the tournament. He was one and eight coming into the Big Tens. He was one and eight. That's nuts. And stole a spot by pinning Donnell Washington, which makes you. The, the, the cynical person in you, John Mark Bentley was tweeting at me about the same thing. You could collude with another team to steal a spot. Like if you, if you have an airtight case for a spot, you could lose on purpose to another guy from your conference to guarantee them a spot. That can 100% happen. What do you think is the biggest miss, like somebody who didn't get in because of this? I saw you going back and forth with Charles Small. Who do you think is like the biggest miss? I don't, I, I don't think there was any misses. I don't think there was any. I mean, there's a formula. You know what you have to do coming in. I don't think anybody was snubbed. I don't think, you know, there's the debate on Charles Small was a returning qualifier. He had a higher win percentage than any 
any of the other at-larges uh, in contention for at-larges. And um, he didn't get in. He he got he got uh, voted over um, from Max Lyon or guys that you know Donnell Washington. Um, and while their case is shaky, I mean Charles Small has a 700 winning percentage, but Max Max Lyon's under 500. But he got in over him. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, but at the same time, there's the wins weren't there, like the quality wins weren't there. And so uh your heart breaks for some of those guys, but I don't think there were true snubs. I did see two. One thing that I thought was funny was I forgot who tweeted it about having to turn in rankings by like yeah. three PM on Monday or something John's- like that. Yep, Cerritos, right? Yeah. They got done they got done wrestling their things on Sunday night and they had to turn them in by Monday. Um and I'll tell you for a fact that there were coaches there were coaches that reached out to Intermat to said, "Hey, when are your rankings coming out cuz we just like to copy them and send them in." <laughs> you think they're as- just going to have media do it eventually? I don't know. I think I think I think they should. I think they should just let Intermatch do it. I I I know I'm biased, but I'm wearing a freaking sweatshirt. But, um, but he had a valid point. Like we're in the gym competing all day long, and then you want us to look and research and yeah. do this the next day. They just they just can't. It's just coaches aren't. You want to coach. You want a coach to be a CEO, a dietitian, a technician. A weight management guy, um, a ranker, an RTC coach. <laughs> Guys, just let you know smart people put people in positions that they can do their best job. And and there was a time when I think a lot of coaches were cynical, like, oh, this outlet is biased against this and that. I, I think people generally speaking, consensus is intermats Earl Smith is completely fair. Um, well researched, and they should probably just let him do it. I mean, like I said, there was literally coaches reaching out to say, "Hey, where's your rankings?" Because we're just going to turn them in <laughs> the same way. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That, like yeah. you said, you can only wear so many hats. But going back to Big Tens, 197 saw Max Dean win it, beat Schultz four two. Any surprises for you at 97? No, I mean, I thought Max Dean was a great story um, because this weight is so good and had so much parity that it was almost difficult. It was difficult to see anybody going unscathed. I mean, you had to say, okay, this guy is going to put together a string of one point or one takedown matches that um, shows absolute consistency at a weight class that hasn't shown consistency. And, um, I thought two things stood out. I thought, I thought Dean and Schultz were the clear two best guys. Yep. Um, and I, I thought that going in, but I wasn't sure. And so it was good to have confirmation. And I also thought it was really interesting that Brucky beat Warner, not once, but twice. I think that's really big for the team race. 
Uh, now, will that reproduce itself? I don't know, but it's definitely game on. What did you make of uh, Hoffman beating Amos? Um, I, you know, I, I think I think Braxton needs the reps, yeah. um, and I think I think Hoffman can be hot and cold. Uh, you know, he he was right there in a match with Dean earlier this year, but also you know, lost to Minnesota's Michael Foy. So, um, Hoffman, Hoffman is capable of pulling an upset and he's capable of, uh, notching some big wins, but, um, I don't know. I don't Amos is of one it. of those guys I thought was going to have a better tournament than he did. I don't I know. What, you thought- know we, we see so much success from him on the world level. And he's, he's a guy I think who sets very high expectations for himself and the fans have high expectations. Mm-hmm. He was one guy. I'm like, wow, I really thought he was going to have a better tournament. Well, I think, you know, I, I think that. I think that Ferrari having the success he's had. Yep. Makes people expect it to come as quick for Braxton. Um, can freshmen compete at 197 at the division one level? Yeah, but it's it's hard right so like um i wouldn't write braxton off by any stretch of the imagination but it, it, it the criticism or the skepticism comes because you've already saw aj do it yeah that's an interesting point i mean i i know and i look at it braxton from a success standpoint internationally and that's that's why i think more than somebody like ferrari i mean i think the freshman champs are the anomaly for sure i don't think that's ever going to be the bar no matter how many people ever do it yeah yeah i don't know we live we're fans in a really weird time right now where carter Straki wins it right at 174 not not 133 not 141 174 and um I don't know. We see a lot of younger champs nowadays that kind of tells us, hey, freshmen should come in and compete for national titles right away. We're kind of spoiled right now. It's not par for the course. Yeah, no, I think you're seeing that a little bit with even Drake coming in and making the tournament right away, you know, as a true freshman. No. I think that's is a lot. Um, going to heavyweight, it's funny kind of how chalk this played out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kirk's match broke my heart. I love Kirk. I feels like he gave up at the end there. But with Cass beating Kirk again, and then Kirk beating Paris again, and Gable just obviously in his own world, it's kind of funny that for as much competition there is at this weight, it played out so chalk. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the biggest, I think that, I mean, you had the one through four seats finished one through four. I, I, well, I think the story of the bracket is Kirk. Um, he beat Paris earlier this year. He beats him again. And he should have beat Cass. Yep. And so, so, I mean, think about the story arc here. Kirk was a tick behind. Not, not a tick behind. Last year, at the end of the season, it was like, okay, Cassiopeia is clearly going to be Kirk every time. Paris going to clearly beat Kirk every time. Then he beats Paris. So then people start wondering, 
okay, can he beat Cass? Because he's obviously made some strides. Takes Cass down. Gets in the upper body situations twice and loses to Cass. Okay, let's pump the brakes on Kirk. Wrestles at the Big Tens. Kirk's right there with Cass. Should have beat him. If not for, you know, maybe a mental error um, where you give up one instead of two. Kirk wins. He goes to the finals. <coughs> so um, I think the real story there, let, let's, let's say... Let's say that that didn't happen. Let's say that Cass won two takedowns to zero. He won. He beat Kirk 5-2, yep. right? And let's say Kirk wrestled Mason Paris and Mason Paris won. Now you're saying clear pecking order. Kirk's going to be like fifth, right? We're, we're going into the national championship thinking Kirk's going to be five or six in the country. Now you're looking at a scenario where Kirk might be able to be everybody not named Gable Stevenson, right? I, there's a dramatic change there. We learned a lot at that tournament out of Kirk. Yeah, I agree. And this is another weight where I think the seeds are going to be very interesting. And I think that Kirk lost her from a seeding standpoint when you talk about team oh, points. That's... It's massive. It's massive. I mean, you're, you're talking about if Kirk wins that match, Penn State wins the Big Ten title, number one. Yep. Number two. Well, I think he had to pin. Well, no, you're right. I'm thinking about if the he Kirk beats Paris. Cass. Yeah. Yep. If 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 Kirk beats if Kirk beats Cass, Penn State wins Big Ten title. Yep. Number one. Number two. There's a chance now that Kirk is on the same side as Gable. Which one hurts his own chances to get to the finals, and two hurts chances to score points. So it was a major eleven seconds, and I mean I don't know if you could ever draw up a scenario where eleven seconds meant so much in wrestling. Um, that being said, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Wyatt Hendrickson, who's undefeated. Yep. You know, I I hope. Um, the Big Ten takes so many guys to the national championship. They take, you know, 10 out of 33, right? So just about uh, at every weight. So it's hard to separate Big Ten opponents. But I like seeing – I don't like seeing Kirk, Paris, 4-5 up top yeah. with number one, Stevenson. Uh which we, we might we might have, but I I probably would like to see maybe if what if they give Hendrickson the the I mean what if they give Hendrickson the three what if they give Hendrickson the four or five I don't know Hendrick the Hendrickson seed is very critical for maybe the team race and, and Kirk yeah. That that match definitely had ramifications, but was was interesting. I think it was the only weight to go one through four seed wise with with that's finishes. Crazy. So that's yeah, that that's the Big Ten tournament. I didn't watch too much of the Big Twelves. Did you? Yeah, well, I watched the finals and um, I stayed an extra night in uh, 
in Lincoln, just so, cause I knew at the end I'd have to wrap up and get some work done. And, uh, they actually had the finals on at the bar two nights later. So I watched the finals twice, but, um, uh, I don't know. Oklahoma state got hit, you know, um, they're basically without three all Americans now out of their lineup. Uh, Missouri looked good. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that the story with NCAAs will be the big three team race. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait for those brackets to come out tonight. We'll probably oh do God. a show with those. That's going to be fun. Um, all right. What else you got? You got anything else? I got nothing else. What's your plans for Detroit? Flying in Wednesday morning. We'll be Wednesday at the rudest match. You're going to Rudis match? I'm going to Rudis match. Yeah. Yep. Going there. Going to Lauren and Jordan's party after that. Yeah. And then, so I have a media credential for NCAAs, but I, I got to get into a suite or something. My wife and the baby are going to come to Detroit. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I want to get her in as much as I can. So I'm going to probably wander into a suite or two. Anybody listening? Who- <laughs> Felters is the only one. Don't don't call me about this because I'm not going to an Iowa suite. Still, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one suite I'm not going into. What what are you doing suite wise? Are you going? I was to- in there last year. I was in the Iowa suite last year. It was it was all right. Yeah, they won't like me too much in there. No, um, they will not. Are you have any suite passes this year? Or are you just media right now? I don't. I I got uh, I have media pass and uh, I was looking to get into a suite as a just same kind of deal as you just to, if I'm not working a session, just um, go relax. But um, I first of all, Detroit went like they balled out, like they sold them quick and they, and then there was, what was left was super expensive and um, like exclusive. So, uh, you know, I didn't need one, so I didn't get one. What's fun for me about NCAAs is like watching wrestling in the suite and talking to people. I like being on the floor and I like like yeah. that. But there's times where like the finals, I want to just be in the suite and I want to just yeah like yeah break balls and talk wrestling. So yeah. I, listen, we might have to do a Bash Mania Matt Scout suite next year because I'm pretty sure we could sell the thing out. And Dude, we have let's do it. I'm 100 in. I think that's after this year. I was saying that like I'm kind of disappointed that. I didn't think of it sooner to just yeah. collab and, and do a suite because let's book that, it. dude. Yeah, I'm in. We're going to have to figure that out. But we also have to figure out in the suite, like setting up this. That would be fun. Let's just go. Let's just do shows right from the suite. Imagine if you have like the, the arena behind you, like you're doing it to like where you're looking at the door. Yeah. And then, that'd yeah, be fun. especially. Especially because in NCAA, so many people wander in and out of suites. Like once you're in a suite, you go to the next room, the next room, the next room. Yeah. And you like, as you're walking past it, you see somebody that catches your eye and yeah. you hop in. Well, last year, I mean, last year was the first year I did a suite life and there was people coming up, you know, real woods came into the suite. Shane Griffith came into the suite, uh, just different wrestlers from all over the country would come in we could grab them and put them on the show you know yeah that'd be a blast i was i didn't go last year um but i think the year before i was in the tight mercury suite for a couple years so 
all the time Mercury wrestlers would come in. Yeah. You know, it's usually guys like one, two years removed from college. Yeah. You know, J.O. would walk in. Derringer would walk in. So that's that's the way to go. So next year. Yeah. And then I do like a, oh, I, last year was the first year I did the Swedes and, and it was an amazing experience and a lot of less pressure. Most of the time when I'm at NCAAs, it feels pressure packed because number one, the tension of the wrestlers and the, the stakes that are on the line on the mat, but also me getting, you know, as a journalist, getting information out, going in the tunnels, getting an interview, um, how to handle a story. What If this pops up or that pops up and what's the team race. And so it's very, there's tension there. Um, and so it was good last year to kind of break away from that sit back in a suite and, and just relax and enjoy the tournament. Uh, because, because you couldn't, there was no journalist on the floor, right. but this year I, there's, there is nothing better than to be in the tunnels around those wrestlers, around those coaches, um, just seeing them interact. It, it is, it is special. My only thing is I don't like to get near people. Like it's, I'm so, aware of what they're going through and i can tell when people are bothered and i know that like yeah. there's a lot of my guys i wouldn't be bothering but i yeah. still want to stay clear and i want to mm -hmm. let them just do their thing so there's like that fine like balance. that was really that was really that's 100 true I, like it's 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 tough you have to have a certain relationships with coaches and and to not be intrusive right yep. uh you don't want to be that guy with a camera in somebody's face at all times. And like, or even your presence around them when they're trying to focus. Yeah. Um, and that was really apparent this week at big tens. Nobody had cameras around anybody. Just, there was this feeling very clearly like no media right now, um, which is why I didn't really do any interviews. Um, but frankly, at, NCA is a different story. I mean, well, in NCAAs too, they have it. It's it's much more geared towards. I remember I didn't go to Big Tens this year, but I went um, when it was at Rutgers. And even in between rounds, there's not that there's not that strong media like NCAAs. It's right. Next round is so big. They're yeah. in a room. You're asking questions like, right. It's so much different there versus like a Big Tens or like you said, it's very much just like, nah, yeah. no media. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know what? So I've always had this good, relate, uh, a really good relationship with Jaden Ironman and Mike Ironman. And it, it's wow. <laughs> Until it, recently. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. It, me putting out what I did and I do feel strongly about it. I don't like, I don't like the plague of forfeits. I don't know what the answer is. There are guys that are legitimately hurt. Everybody's legitimately hurt. I mean, not everybody, but yep. right. Everybody is hurt to a degree at this point of year. Now, maybe not to the extent of Jaden Ironman, but I put out my displeasure at the forfeits to which Jaden took umbrage with and i didn't even i didn't specifically mean Jaden. i just meant that the rash of 
forfeits needs to be dealt with. And Jaden responded, and it's really been bothering me. And because I don't want to, I listen, I, I say what I say. And some guys, Oh, it's real easy for you. Tough guy. You don't have to do this and do that. Well, I'll tell you what I do have to do. I have to see these guys. I have to yeah. face them right next week in Detroit. I will be around Jaden Ironman and you know, he can be mad at me or not, or he can listen to the show and say, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so last night I was going to sleep and I was thinking to myself, um, it's been weighing on me, right? This Jaden thing. Yep. And I was thinking to myself, it's a lot like, remember when, um, Marshawn Lynch, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Yep. <laughs> to so the so the premise but i mean the, the substance behind that is Jaden ironman or marshawn lynch and the nfl you have to go to press conferences yep. you have to have the quarterback you have to have the star player you have to have the star coach they they require you to do media yep. okay because they know that fans want answers and they know that's how you grow the sport, right? And so the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball has figured that out. You have to answer questions. You have to take criticism, all right? And we, we, can't, we can't do what we want and then not have to answer to it. That's not the path to legitimacy. Well, there's also a thing in wrestling where I've seen, and I won't mention them by name, but I've seen guys unfollow me because if you poo-poo on their team too much, they don't like it. Because mm -hmm. there's there's such a lack of like, I can break balls with somebody like Adam and not care. At the end of the day, there's things so much more important. I really don't care. Yeah. And as much as Adam likes playing the villain on Twitter sometimes, one of the nicest guys, but a lot of people, they have this mentality of like, you are 100% with us or against us. Absolutely. And, and I was texting with Burroughs after, and he's like, I feel like I'm becoming a part of the wrestling media. I said, welcome to the black hole. Yeah. I'm like, because you can't say a lot of what you want to say. A lot of what you do say is going to piss off the majority of the people who are listening. Yeah. It's a very tough place to be to try to yeah. help contribute to it. I, Somehow I get away with it. I don't I, like I don't get away with it. I don't I don't. I think if anything, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but I think the people who don't like you or they almost view you as like a necessary evil, yeah. like you give so much more like ranking wise and knowledge wise that they'll put up with yeah. you know, pooing on their team or, well, whatever. you know, when it's like when. Fellers will hit me with all this Iowa supremacy stuff and poo-pooing on all these other teams. And I fire back at him like Penn State's won more titles or whatever, right? Yeah. If I was just uh, – if I was someone else, they would be like, Willie's anti-Iowa and he's a prick. And they were that way for a while, but I think they learned like – 
I'm just rebutting. I'm just I'm just stating facts, right? Like if I if it was if last week you were tweeting at me about Penn State while I was or well, I was tweeting about Michigan, yep. Penn State fans. If I was anybody else, Penn State fans would have been like, "F him, he's a Michigan guy. He hates Penn State." But they don't. They know that I just call it like I see it. I think a lot of times too, Twitter, and this was one reason that I'm grateful for the podcast is that like you can add context and like you yeah. said, if Ironman listens to this and he yeah. hears more, verse, it's hard to decipher on Twitter like when you're just breaking balls or when you're serious or what the yeah. context is on Twitter. It's very easy to isolate something. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you hear it, like, and that's why yeah, I yeah. save some of my opinions for here where I know if I tweet something versus if I say it with context, night and day reactions. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's, it's really true. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to get the point across in Twitter, no matter how, accurately you try to word it or or if you try to do it in a string of of thread it's much it's much better to do it on here i like to i like to sometimes put it out there even though i know it's rather vague and then say listen to the show yeah because you can you can either take it at face value and interpret it and think you think you know what it means or you could do some listening and, and by research. the way for anybody listening especially at athlete wise you always have an open platform to come on this podcast and i'm sure willie would extend the same courtesy to yeah. you as well i have no problem you know i try to get people on here who obviously we can highlight their story and help tell their story but the same thing goes if you want a platform to come on and have the conversation i'm always yeah. more than happy to have it i don't like shun people away like yeah. Oh, I'm gonna poo 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 on you, but don't come on the podcast to finish up. Like, if Ironman was listening, it was like, all right, guys, yeah. I want to go. T- come on, open like, invitation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, media and Snowblade is gonna be fun. Um, I'm actually trying to figure. out. I'm waiting for Rudis to get back to me to see if my wife can go to the Rudis card because there's no kids allowed. But I said, what about an infant, newborn who's three <laughs> yeah, weeks right? old? Can we yeah. carry him in a sling? And they're yeah. like, good question. Let me get back to you, but. Yeah. Either way, excited for that. So yep. that's all I got. Let's do. Uh, we're probably gonna do a preview show after brackets come out. Yeah, let's circle back. And uh, now it's time to break down brackets as soon as they're out, brother. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, guys, go follow Willie if you're not already doing so. Subscribe to Intermat, everything else, and we're gonna get this out ASAP. Thanks, Justin. All right, buddy. See you later. And the beat goes on.